The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. Well, Ecclesia, how are you? You look a little bit like I feel. Did anybody else wake up and feel like, did I drink too much or what happened? And it was the Astros that happened and they just left all these people on base and it just, oh, it just hurt. And it was a little harder to get moving today. Um, but hopefully, I'm really glad you're here. I'm glad that I get to, to share with you and teach you today. I, I feel like we're at a unique place in the world. Anybody else had experiences recently where you're like, you look around and you're like, it feels like a lot of people are losing their ever loving mind. Has anybody else had just like eye-opening experience where you just, people did not behave like this before. And they're saying like on planes, the, you know, the incidence of violence is up like a million percent or something. It's people, and people mix it with alcohol. I was at the Astros game this week. And by the way, I have a very fashionable Astros belt. Um, <laughs> but as I was going to the bathroom, uh, a drunk, young guy at the ballpark liked my belt and decided to come touch it while I was going to the bathroom. Um, and I thought like in a normal world, like people didn't touch you while you were going to the bathroom. Um, it just, they're, they're losing it. And uh, even as we were going into the ballpark, um, the street preachers are crazier than normal. So if you were out there, uh, there were people just preaching the evils of baseball. And one of the ambassadors came to me and I thought, dude, you're coming to the wrong guy. <laughs> and um, with his, and we, I refused his literature and I, he said, well, you know, it's just about Jesus. And I said, well, we're, we love Jesus. And he said, well, if you love baseball, you don't love Jesus. And I said, <laughs> oh my man, you have picked the wrong guy to mess with today, right? <laughs> and it's not just baseball that God loves. Like God, God loves cricket. Anything that God made man and man made some things and God loves all those things. They're all good. They're good. Cricket's good. I don't understand it, but it's good. It's good. And, and you are good. God has made a really good world. And my fear is that especially in a pandemic, we've lost sight of God's presence and activity everywhere. And when we lose sight of it, People get crazy and they start touching people in the bathroom and they, they start fighting on airplanes and they, they forget, right? And so we're in a series right now where we're saying, hey, don't forget. Don't forget that God's present in your workplace. Don't forget that even if you're like me and you're raising a teenager and you're like, he's a little off right now. <laughs> like, what, what's happening? Uh, he was grump. I'm taking him to the World Series and he's grumpy. I'm like, I remember when my dad used to take me to the World Series and I'd act like a jerk. Like, no, that never happened. I never went to the World Series. Like, we, just, we just have these moments. And we go, you know what? In raising kids, in raising teenagers, in all of life, right? God's present and he's active and you don't want to miss it. I want to read you a passage. Well, and part of it is, if we just see it, we see the activity and we see what God's doing and we focus on that rather than the negative, it brings out the best in us. So let me give you one really positive thing you can focus on this week. As we've been in the midst of uh, leading a church through a pandemic and the new world that we're in, we were blessed this week to open our newest campus in Lindale Heights. And uh, we got to celebrate on Thursday. You can clap, it was a gift. 
this week, we have new programming starting, a Head Start program for babies and kids. They're gonna be caring for pregnant mothers in crisis. Uh, we've got friends that attack poverty. They're gonna be doing tutoring and educational activities. And it's happening now. We got our certificate of occupancy. We are in. Our friend Mariano Rivera was there. Um, and Mariano helped cut the ribbon. Uh, his foundation is gonna help fund an educational center. Uh, literally the greatest picture of all times right there. And, uh, and reached out to us because, you know what? Because God's active in the world. And he takes a kid from Panama like Mariano, who was desperately poor, and makes him one of the greatest pitchers of all time. And, and he knows that God gave him that ability. And he wants to use it for the greater good. And so I want to invite you, despite what problems you might be facing, to realize that we serve a God that's still leading us to do amazing things in neighborhoods like that that's still caring for people all across the globe and has invited us on a beautiful mission. And if your life or your job feels hard right now, I pray that this message and our time together would call you closer to what God's doing in and through you. So I wanna read you a passage in Mark 10, and I want you to listen. In fact, I'm gonna ask you, I'll go ahead and tell you now, I'm gonna ask you what phrase, what moment, what picture, what captures you in this passage in Mark 10. I'm gonna ask you to respond. And tell me. So in Mark 10, it tells us this. The Jesus and the disciples, it tells us by that time, they'd reached a place called Jericho. And as they passed through the town, a crowd of people followed along. And they came to a blind beggar, Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, who sat beside the main road. When he was told that Jesus of Nazareth was passing in that throng, he called out in a loud voice, Jesus, son of David, take pity on me and help me. Disgusted by the blind man's public display, others in the crowd tried to silence him until the master passed. Some of the crowd said, be quiet or shush. But Bartimaeus still louder said, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And Jesus stopped where he stood. The crowd stopped with him. And he told those near the front of the crowd to call the blind man forward. And some of the crowd said to Bartimaeus, it's good news, Jesus has heard you. Listen, he calls for you. Get up and go to him. And Bartimaeus cast aside his beggar's robe and he stepped forward, feeling his way towards Jesus. And Jesus said, what do you want from me? Bartimaeus said, teacher, I want to see and Jesus said, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. And in that moment, Bartimaeus could see again. And from that time on, he followed Jesus. Ecclesia, I wonder, what do you hear in that story? What is it, what word or phrase or image or picture stands out to you? Would you share it aloud? He wants to see. Jesus asked him, right, what do you want? By his faith, he was healed, right? Go, he sent him in peace. What else? Called. He called to him, right? Say, have pity on me, right? He's, he's asking for compassion. He's made whole, right? We often feel like we're broken. Somebody else? Follow. 
I, I love that it says he felt his way forward, right? Anybody else feel like that? Like you're just feeling your way towards Jesus, stumbling along the way and, and hoping others will help point us in that direction. I wonder, right, if anybody had an excuse not to notice that Jesus was there, you'd think it would be the blind guy, right? I mean, if anybody could miss that Jesus was approaching, you would think the blind guy had the best excuse. And I wonder if I was in the crowd, if I was present, what I might have missed, right? There's this famous story in the Bible where Moses has the beginning of this journey of really knowing that God's present with him. And he finds God's presence in this burning bush, right? But what you may or may not know in the desert like that, it wasn't uncommon for a bush like that to burn. It's a bit like California in fire season, right? It just, there would be these it was constantly be burning. He, what he noticed was that this bush was burning, but it wasn't being consumed. That's what was unique about this bush. And there are times I read that story and I think like, if that was today and God showed up to me or you with a burning bush, is it possible we might not even notice that the bush wasn't burning? Anybody think you might be busy scrolling? and never notice, like, oh wait, Jesus was right there. I did, he showed up and I missed it. And I would hate, I would hate for any of us to get through life missing these moments where God is present. Because I believe, pandemic or not, life is just too hard and if all we see are the problems. And my guess is some of you are like me. If you hear a criticism, it lingers in your ear, I give you a compliment, you forget it tomorrow right? There, there's a negative thing that, and it just lingers and you hold on to it and the positive somehow it evaporates far too fast. And spiritually we can be the same way. We can see the evil in the world and miss the good of what God's up to. So what we're invited to, be, to do and to be, and we're, we're in a series that's following a book of our friend Richard Beck. And the chapter and the, the focus for this week is an invitation to a contemplative life, to a life that actually contemplates, uh, that slows down and focuses and tries to see what God may be up to. And a contemplative, just by definition, is someone who is aware of the presence and activity of God in the world. And so today we're saying that's who we wanna be. So I've come up with four things, they're not magical, uh, but they're four things that are an invitation. I think if you'll practice these, that together we'll find this contemplative life. And here's the first one. Uh, it's to examine, this time uh, there's gonna be two of these, to examine the world with curiosity. I, I grew up in a church that was, um, that was afraid of science. I think the, we had this idea that Darwin came up with things that he was trying to destroy Christianity with, right? And uh, which I don't think is true at all and I don't think happened at all, right? And, and what I've learned is that the world is really the opposite. The more we learn about the world God made, the more we're, we live in wonder of it, right? Has anybody ever seen, there's a great TED talk by this ecologist, Suzanne Simon, and she summarizes what I, I might have felt intuitively but never could have described. Uh, I'm a big fan of the Chronicles of Narnia and one of my favorite things about the Chronicles of Narnia is that um, the trees speak, right? And if you have a great tree in your life or you grew up in a particular house and it had an amazing tree or you have a tree where you used to sit uh, and maybe you fell in love under that, do you have this sense sometimes that trees almost are like people, they have memory? Well. 
Suzanne says essentially that. This is what she says. She says, biologists say that trees are social beings. They can count, learn, and remember. Now again, count, learn, and remember. They, they nurse sick members. They warn each other of danger by sending electrical signals, which must have been happening this week, right? Did anybody have any limbs down from the winds that blew through this week, right? Across a fungal network, for reasons unknown, they keep the ancient stumps of long-felled companions alive, like a reminder of those who have died for centuries by feeding them a sugar solution through their roots. Isn't it amazing? Now, trees are just one example, but the more you study and read about the world, the more you'll go, God made it really beautifully and really complex. And my suggestion to you is anything that you learn, if you will examine the world curiously and contemplate the truths, what you're gonna find is that God's present in all of it. Anything, economics, biology, the body, even as we study what's happening to us with this virus, as awful as the virus is, we're learning about how God made our bodies to protect ourselves and one another, and we're learning ways to do it. It's a beautiful thing. If you'll examine the world that we're in with curiosity, you're gonna find that God's present. Second, I want to invite you to remember that time is on your side. And this is what I mean by this. Part, for me, mostly what I would say is slow down because I need to slow down because I move too fast. But there are times that the world actually speeds up, right? Um, now we gotta remember that God made time. When God made light, God made the sun, God made time. And we, we measure our years by uh, our uh, journey around the sun. We measure our days by sunrises and sunsets. For me, starting to be more aware of those sunrises and sunsets has been a beautiful spiritual practice. Um, if you just, whether you love a glass of wine or a cup of hot tea, if you pour something and you just sit and enjoy a sunset, if you don't hear God speak, I'll pay you five bucks. If you'll tune in, right? It, it's just there. Now, you may not hear him speak audibly. You may not hear him tell you exactly what to do. But I'll tell you, comfort always comes. A voice of comfort is present with me. And so part of what we find, there's a, an article that caught on in the pandemic, and I can't remember who wrote it now, but he talks about time in two ways that I thought was different. He, he describes one way as languishing, which during the pandemic, I think a lot of us did. He said, it just is this place that's this perpetual state of meh. Just, eh. That's kind of how time's been for me since the Astros lost last night, right? Just, eh. And he said, there are times that the world either slows down or it speeds up, right? That we, we slow down and we soak in a moment. Or maybe you have coffee with an old friend and you don't realize like it's been two hours and it went by like that. Or you get in the course of your work day and you realize you're just in a groove, you're in a, what he describes as a flow and it starts to flow and you just realize like I'm doing what I'm made to do. God made me to do this and you find that flow. And what I wanna invite you to do, whether you're slowing down or speeding up in that way is to find that flow and to realize like God is with you. And we need times of the day that slow down and times that speed up. If we'll realize that time is on our side, we'll see God's activity in the world. And then thirdly, in the same way that I wanna invite you to examine the world with curiosity, I'd like to invite you to examine yourself with curiosity. You can examine yourself in a way, by the way, that nobody else can. I, 
I grew up similarly with, uh, in a Christian background where everybody was concerned with everybody else's sins and failures, right? And the truth is, you're the only one that knows, truly, your sins and failures. And you're the one, I'm the one, that needs to ask God, God, where can I do better? Historically, Ignatius had come up with a process uh, that would be a good way to, to examine your day. Um, literally. And the, these are some of the questions. I'm just going to throw them out there. And when we get all of them on the screen, if you want to take your phone out and take a photo, uh, you can do that. And I, I would challenge you to say, if you did this for the next week, you would feel like, if you would contemplate your life and examine your life, you would find yourself in a different place. These are the questions that are suggested to ask. You could ask, uh, when today did I feel peaceful, joyful, relaxed, happy, and whole? Or if you think back for the week, since we haven't had much of a day, when this week did you feel peaceful, joyful, relaxed, happy, and whole? And then an important question to ask as you look at, at your time, your day, or for now, let's say your week. When today or this week did I speak rashly, harshly, or thoughtlessly? Now, Maybe you're like me. I, I don't do this every day, by the way. And as I was preaching it, I realized like, well, I should probably do it this week since I'm gonna invite you to do it, right? And what happens if you actually ask the question is that God will speak to you, right? One of the things I don't like personally, I'm not attracted to people, to be around people that are super smart and they constantly let you know how super smart they are. Anybody else have that? It just, it's, not, it's not my favorite attribute. And as I prayed this prayer, I, two things came to mind that I, I said in a way that might have sounded like, I know more than you know. And I was like, oh, that's, that's not the person I want to be. And for me, asking the question was really helpful. Or asked another way, what, did I gossip or cut others down? Did I say or do anything that had that? And by the way, it's the biggest adrenaline rush in the world, right? To talk about and think about and say something negative about somebody. It just, there's something biologically that, now it's a, it's a bad hangover because it's the most destructive thing we can do. And in some way to think when I tear someone else down that I'm lifting myself up, the truth is we're both being torn down. Or, to frame it in the positive, did my words bring comfort, support, praise, grace, or encouragement? Now, this is a great question. And I, I promise you, Ecclesia, if each of us started to ask this question every day, we would speak to one another in a different way. And I've said this often about life as a pastor, but it's true about everybody. Does anybody know anybody that's over-encouraged? Have you ever just felt like, I have so many people encouraging me that I'm just exhausted by it. I just, I would prefer no one say anything nice to me for at least a week. <laughs> Has anybody thought that ever? Never, right? Because the world's so filled with negativity. And if you've got people around you that they, they speak words of comfort or empathy or support, or they praise you for doing something well, or offer you grace or encouragement, it is a gift. And then to ask simply, when did I act selfishly, 
rudely, aggressively, or meanly? Was, was there a place that I, I rushed to serve myself, right? Now, I gotta tell you, Ecclesia, life's too short not to ask these questions on a, at least a somewhat regular basis. And if we all did it daily, it would be a gift. Let's examine the life that we're living because it will make it a better life. That's part of what it means to be contemplative. And then lastly, I'll leave you with this one and we'll celebrate communion. I would invite you to live a life in a world. Now, you gotta hear this. Christians often have been people of fear. Now, the Bible calls us to a life that's really different. Over and over again, the Bible says, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. Paul says in 2 Timothy, he puts it this way, and I think it's a beautiful way to explain it. He says, this is why I write to remind you to stir up the gifts of God that was conveyed to you when I laid my hands upon you. He says, you see, God did not give us a cowardly spirit, but a powerful, loving, and a disciplined spirit, right? He said, we're not cowards. We're not these people that live afraid. Now, the irony today that I get to preach to you about being afraid on a holiday that Christians used to just like shake in their boots, right? Today is Halloween. Is anybody excited about Halloween? Good. The kids are excited, right? I grew up in a church that we were, we, like you couldn't even say it. You had to say we're having a fall celebration or we're like... And the truth is, like almost everything, it's got roots that are good and bad. But most of them, before there was Halloween, there was Hallow's Eve. And Hallow's Eve was like an All Saints Day. It was a day to celebrate. In some ways, it would be similar to Dia de los Muertos, this day to remember the dead. Now, especially in a day before we had photos. Now, I remember my grandfather often because I got a photo of him on my nightstand, right? But in the day before there were photos and there weren't time to remember, it was important that we said, hey, there were people that got us where we are and we ought to remember them. And so you ought to know that Hallow's Eve is a day to remember people that you love, people that have built you up, maybe you didn't even know, the saints of old. And we tell the stories and say, isn't it great that God gave us these people because we stand on their shoulders. So that would be something really good to do today. Remember those who have died. And then secondly, you gotta remember, if you're a person of faith, I think one of the best things you can do, spiritually speaking, is be fun. If you would just be fun, the world would be a better place, okay? We, we ought to, I hope your costumes are the funniest and the best. Not the sleaziest, but the funniest and the best, right? And I hope that on a day where neighbors actually talk to each other, that people of the Christian faith would talk to each other and exchange some candy and be nice to kids. One of the things I've told people from the beginning of our church is one of the things I want Ecclesia to be known for is as a place where adult people get down and look kids in the eye. I hope, I saw it happen before the service, I hope it's a place that on a regular basis, kids feel like adults get down on my level and they look at me in a way that says, they value me and I'm important. Now, one of the reasons I love Halloween is because people all over answer their door and get down on a level and look kids in the eye. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think it's a great thing. I wanna encourage you today to go back to your neighborhood and get to know your neighbors. I promise you this, you have at least one neighbor in extreme need right now. You may live in the wealthiest part of this city 
You may be in River Oaks. I don't think they tr trick or treat in River Oaks, do they? If they do, you should. <laughs> but they give out big candy bars in River Oaks. I promise you, wherever you are, you have a neighbor that's hurting. And if you'll take a moment and see them on a day that it's not creepy to talk to your neighbors, it's not creepy to knock on their door today. It's not creepy to talk to children. That's a good thing. So this is what I'd love for you to do. Go have a blast today and look for the good not the evil. If you look for the evil, you'll find it. It will be there. There will be people doing bad things today. There are people doing bad things every day, right? But if you look for the good and you lean in towards it and you love your neighbor today, today can be one of the best holidays because God made us to love our God and love our neighbor. And sometimes in this world that's become really divided, where people have moved to extremes, and where people have become really isolated, that's hard to do. So would you give me a moment that I could pray for you and pray God would bless you today. And I'm gonna pray specifically that God would use you to be a channel of kindness and love to somebody in need. God, I believe that our city, this beautiful city that we're in, is filled with opportunities. It's filled with opportunities in Lindale Heights for kids in need. And they're gonna, we're grateful that many of them are gonna start preschool and have teachers that love them and care for them and know that there's a church in this city that cares for their families and wants them to be fed well and educated and served. And we believe that wherever we are, that you've planted us on that block and in that street and that there are people around us that would love to know that they're loved. And we pray that whether it's through a Twix bar or a kind word, that today we could be a part of that mission. We pray that our kids would have fun, that our grandkids would have fun, that it would be a day that we're reminded we live in community, in Christian community and in a Christian community that's actually sent to be the hands and feet of love to all people. Lord, help us to see that you're present everywhere. You're present at the baseball game. You're present in our workplace. You're even present in traffic. You're present in the sunset and the sunrise. You're present in the trees and the ocean and in the people around us that you made in your own image. God, we pray that in a world that sometimes seems to be falling apart, that we would draw closer to you and to your activity of love and kindness and redemption in this world. Thank you for your church and the ways that you use it to serve people, not just in our neighborhoods, but all across the globe. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.